Winter is on its way and everyone here in northern Michigan is getting ready. Cherry farmers are out protecting their crops from the cold and they need to save as many cherries as they can. That's because the cherry market is a constant gamble. There's yields, there's weather conditions. We deal with that on a regular basis. That's why I don't go to the casino. I'm in the, the business of going to the casino pretty much every day. Plus learn how you can help meteorologists stay on top of snowfall this winter. That's coming up on Points North, a show from Interlochen Public Radio, where we hear about life in Northern Michigan through the news, the people, and the places. I'm your host, Dan Wanshura. A few weeks ago, we told you how cherry farmers in Michigan are suffering from the fallout of an international trade war. While they wait to see where those political cards fall, many farmers are bearing down for the winter. Here's IPR's Max Johnston with an update. After an early snowstorm in mid-November, Tom Coronado is staying warm in a tractor. He works for Cherry Key, a farming operation in Coweden. In between some tart cherry trees, a worker holds a 10 to 12 foot fence post in place. Then Coronado, in his tractor, plants what looks like a stamp down on top. The tractor shoves the post into the ground, loudly rattling along the way. Coronado plants about a dozen of these posts next to a line of young tart cherry trees. He does this work every year, along with other winter upkeep like pruning. When this fence is done, it will hopefully protect the young trees from deer. If we don't do it, we battle the deer, so they'll prune the trees for us in a way we don't like. (laughs) (laughs) And every cherry that farmers can keep this winter matters, especially now. The industry is not doing well. Michigan farmers have been getting priced out of the fruit market by cheap foreign competitors for years. Since 2006, the state has lost 160 tart cherry farms. And across the country, production is already down 18% from last year. That's all from the USDA. The industry recently got help via tariffs on Turkish cherry exporters, who were their biggest competitor. That has to have helped, right? But um, how are things just broadly in northern Michigan cherries right now? Well, they haven't changed a whole lot. That's Nels Veliket, the head of Cherry Key and a member of the Dried Tart Cherry Trade Committee. He says importers have leftover cherries from Turkey. They're still selling those off instead of buying domestic ones. So it's hard to know how long it will take for that inventory to work its way through the system before they begin buying domestic source cherries. Veliket and other farmers told all of this to U.S. Senator Gary Peters at a meeting in Traverse City a few weeks ago. He said he'll take it back to Washington. For them to understand, this is not just about cherry growers in in Traverse City. It's about other small manufacturers and small industries uh, across the country. Earlier this year, Peters introduced a bill to make the U.S. Commerce Department investigate trade issues on behalf of small industries like cherries. That bill is stuck in committee. In fact, the whole Michigan cherry industry is kind of stuck in what Veliket describes as a holding pattern. One thing they've been waiting on are federal subsidies for lost profits from the trade war with China. The USDA is giving relief funds to farmers affected by that. But tart cherry farmers aren't on the list. Daniel Sumner is with the Agricultural Issues Center at the University of California, Davis. He says that subsidy program is super broad and doesn't get to a lot of farmers that may need it. They're not painting with a brush, they're painting with a roller. You don't get the Mona Lisa done that way. 
On top of that, Sumner says those subsidies are set to expire in November of 2020. And he says he's not sure if anyone will care about farmers after the election. In the meantime, Michigan farmers are tending to their cherry trees. The hope is they'll survive the winter and they'll have a strong harvest next year. For Points North, I'm Max Johnston. This is Points North. I'm Dan Wanshura. All right, are you a weather geek? Do you love taking measurements of the snow in your backyard? Well, the National Weather Service could use your help. Interlock and Public Radio's Kay LaFond has more. When driving even a short distance through northern Michigan in the winter, the weather can feel contradictory. And anybody in Lake Effect Snow Country, again, knows that you know, it could be snowing to beat the band and you pick up a foot. Meanwhile, five miles down the road, they, they got a couple inches or a dusting. That's Keith Berger, the observing programs leader at the National Weather Service in Gaylord. It's their job to keep track of how much snow is falling and where, but that can be difficult when it's so patchy. We have some good weather data in northern Michigan in the bigger towns in Sault Ste. Marie and Traverse City and Alpena and Houghton Lake, but there's a whole lot of land in between there. To help fill in the gaps, the National Weather Service relies on an organization known as the Community Collaborative Rain, Hail, and Snow Network, or COCORAS for short. It's a nationwide network of over 10,000 volunteers that measure and report rain and snow at their locations. Matt Gillen, a meteorologist, says tracking snow in your backyard can be done with just a few basic tools. You need a ruler or a yardstick or something like that. And you need a snowboard. He doesn't mean the kind of snowboard you take down a hill. He means a flat, light-colored surface, like a piece of plastic or plywood painted white. Something for snow to collect on until you measure its depth. After you measure, you clear the board off and put it back on top of the snow so it's ready for the next snowfall. Depending on how fluffy it is, an inch of snow usually melts into much less than an inch of water. Scientists need to know exactly how much water that snow depth translates to. So you'll also need to collect your snow in a rain gauge. All Cocoraz observers use the same one, available online for less than 25 bucks. And you'd let the snow fall into this eight inch, into the cylinder. You'd bring it inside, you'd run it under, under some warm water, get it to melt. It's got a nice ruler there on the side and you'd be able to tell what your snowfall equated to in a, in a liquid equivalent. Keith Berger says observers then log into the Cocoraz website and report their data. And it, they're real good at giving you instant gratification because you can see right on the map, oh, there's my measurement, and it, it color codes your precipitation. You can see what your neighbors got. You can see what the people in the next town over got. There's supposed to be a little more precipitation than usual this winter, so there should be plenty of snow to measure. If that sounds like fun to you, visit cocoraz.org to sign up. That's C-O-C-O-R-A-H-S dot org. You can also find a link to the website at iprnews.org. For Points North, I'm Kay LaFond. And that's the show this week. I'm Dan Wanshura. Noel Riley is our executive producer. You can catch Points North on Interlock and Public Radio or listen online at pointsnorthradio.org. You can also subscribe to the show on iTunes. And while you're at it, take a moment and leave us a review. That helps us reach even more listeners. And one more thing I want to mention before I go. Points North will be taking a break for the Thanksgiving holiday next week. But don't worry, we'll be back next month with more shows. Have a great holiday, and thanks for listening. <laughs>